The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. No A.J. today. Jerry Bow filling in. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. At Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. At Aaron is blitzed. At Degenerates975. You can also text the show. Uh, you know the number for that. You can also watch us on Twitch. Join the uh, Twitch Nation. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Miss the first hour. little gambling talk. We're going to have a lot more gambling talk moving forward. Little And a lot of James Harden talk. And uh, game tonight canceled in case you missed it. Because of the, uh, the Rona. They only had eight players. Didn't have eight players. So We're going to look back at these times and say... Do you remember 2020 when we were have to, having to keep up with these stars, uh, strip club, I guess, uh, situations? We see Haskins, you know, we're going to look back at these times and say, man, w- people were getting suspended for being in strip clubs without masks, and that was affecting games. I just, it's a weird times we're living in, man. It is, and think about this, and I, I, I wrote this about a month and a half ago by March Think of all the superstars who could be gone from Houston. James Harden, J.J. Watt, probably trading him in the offseason. Uh, George Springer's gone. I think we can, we can count that. They could trade Carlos Correa. All of these guys, this, the city where we have all these stars, second only to L.A., probably, could be down four of them. Do you consider that? era of sports altogether as one for the city a success because the Astros title does one one out of all the sports I I think it's been you know we we beat up James Harden a lot and rightfully so but they did make it to a Western Conference final how many teams do that um and and they were they said they were really close to making it to the finals and it's been a good run they've been in in the playoffs every year they've won playoff series pretty much every year with Harden here so uh I call that a success it's not your ultimate goal but the guy won an MVP. The Astros won a World Series. I don't care if you think they cheated. You, you can suck it. They they won the World Series uh, and had, I mean, Justin Verlander, maybe, I mean, certainly one of the two or three best pitchers of his entire era uh, and, and superstars across the board, Jose Altuve. And and then uh, the Texans. it Almost beat the hell out of the Chiefs. <laughs> boy, if you could just stop. You just stopped in the first quarter. But... You know, the Texans at least have a star quarterback now, and that's a starting point. So, but yeah, I do think this era is over. I think the Astros are going to try to turn into the Rays, and, you know, which is why they hired a Rays general manager, went on a small budget. So fans are going to have to get used to that. It's going to suck, but they might be able to pull it off. I I don't know how good the guy is, but that's an awful lot of vodka we took out of there. Did you get some of this, or is this just me and Jerry? That's just the two of y'all. I'm drinking whiskey. Okay. 
Because I only poured you one drink. Did I pour you a second one? No, I poured a second one. Oh, okay. Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't all me. Because if it was, I'm like, bro, you need to back up. We have off. a backup bottle in here if we need it. Okay. Well, and, and, no, it's okay. It's a holiday edition. Let's go. Yeah, it's not It's not that I, we need the backup bottle. It's just that I want to make sure I didn't drink all that in the first hour. But, uh, but yeah, I'm getting back to... Uh, um, so I, I think that's going to, and the Rockets are going to have to take a step back. I mean, as much as it's time to move on from Harden and get what you can for him while you can, they're not going to be as good without him period. Yeah, true. So, um, I think that that stretch is over and, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how things play out from here, but there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of pain here. The only, uh, as a UH fan, I'm, I start UH basketball. They're kicking ass. Bring back those roughnecks. <laughs> Bring back the roughnecks. Uh, which, but that was so much fun. That that that's a, it's silly the things that I miss from pre-COVID. I miss our trips to Vegas. Oh man. Uh, which you know what we're Jerry and I are probably gonna take a trip anyway here this summer as soon as things get better. But uh, uh, I miss those that, and I miss the roughneck games because we were having so much fun. It was good for the station. And I had we bought season tickets, and all of us were doing the the same. We'd all go to Lucky's. Who I also miss Lucky's. Not gonna lie about that. But we'd all go to Lucky's pregame, drink a bunch of beer, hop on the train, go to the game, drink a bunch more beer. Like all the people that we got to know, all the people on our row with the season tickets, and it was just fun, and we were having a blast. And then Seattle's guys got the Rona, and that was the end of it. I said earlier, it seemed like a lifetime ago. That seems like a long time ago, right? It doesn't, I mean, it seems like when someone talks you know what? about that. You, you, you know how long ago that was? If you had impregnated your wife then, you would just now be having the baby. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> That's a fantastic way to put it. <laughs> you, would, you, would, you would just now be having the baby. My wife, my wife just checked her stomach like, huh? we were good after that last Roughnecks game. <laughs> we celebrated hard. Uh, yeah, but did you check with the side piece? just kidding kidding yeah i I think your wife knows that i joke a lot so we're fine she's cool uh 713-780 esp is your number but yeah that and you know at some point and i i think the good news is man look we can we can see some tunnel at the end of the light uh it's just we still got a long way to go through that tunnel and if everybody just sticks together we keep giving you a you know some plays that you can make some money off of. We keep having some fun. We keep talking some sports. James Harden can go off to whatever strip club city he wants. We'll be fine. So, all right, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. So, uh, I wanted to get into the NFL lines, um, if that's okay. Are, are we too far into the segment, Aaron? I'll let you I'll let you quarterback here. Yeah, let's do it next segment. Okay. So, uh what I do want to get into then is uh, a couple of a couple of news things from your Texans, Titus Howard, IR, and when you say done for the year, it's two games. So he's smart thing to do. Uh, I don't. I, I've said all along you need to be sitting Deshaun. You need to be sitting Tunsil. Uh, Titus Howard's a guy that you need next year to to be better when he gets a better offensive line coach. Uh, no offense, Mike Devlin, you suck. But uh, I think. Uh, I'm okay with him sitting. And the other thing is they now say they're going to hire a general manager before they hire a coach because everybody was questioning them because they were bringing in coaches to interview. 
I, here's what I think on that. Guys like Jim Caldwell and Marvin Lewis, it's either pandering or maybe you're talking to them about potential OC or DC jobs, which I would be fine with either one of those guys in that role, especially if you bring in a young coach like Eric Bieniemy. I mean, these are guys who've had good head coaching experience and were very good coordinators, which is why they got the head coaching job and had some success as head coaches. Boy, that's the kind of guys I want as coordinators. I've always said that, and I know people say, oh, well, you got to give the young guys a chance. Well, you gave Anthony Weaver a chance this year. Eh, not so good. What, what, do you, what do you rank against the run? Do you remember? How many teams are in the league? Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm okay. I, if, if that's what you're doing, because I don't think anybody's going to hire these guys as a head coach, but if, if, if what I'm hearing that the enemy is going to be the guy, that's who Deshaun Watson wants, that's who Patrick Mahomes told Deshaun Watson he should get, uh, if that's going to happen, then these are guys I want around him on the coaching staff. Does the enemy ultimately live up to the hype that's around him right now, though? Because there is his high, his bar is set super oh, high. The way they're talking about, there's him. no way of knowing. I mean, it, it's um, and listen, I like the guy. Anybody's like, well, what does he really do? Andy Reid calls the plays. Well, Andy Reid hasn't always called the plays, and uh, in fact, if you remember, the, the Chiefs were going through a really tough stretch, and he turned the play calling over to. Matt Nagy, who's now with Chicago. Um, and, and guys who have come out of that system have had success. Now, I think in Matt's case, getting Mitch Trubisky might not have been the best thing, but you know, the guy can, I still think the guy can coach. And if the Bears wind up firing him, that's another guy. I'd say, offensive coordinator, hey, come on over, especially if, you, if you've got you know, a Chiefs guy as a head coach. But I, I think you never really know until you give these guys a chance. And... I think he's the best candidate out there. I think it just like, but to be fair, Bill O'Brien was the sexiest candidate out there when the Texans hired him. People forget that. But I think in this case, you, you know, he's, he's learned from Andy Reid and he's been involved in that offense and Patrick Mahomes swears by him. He, he's, he's the guy that says that this guy's had a lot to do with my development and I want me some of that. And that would be my choice. Now, I've also been the guy who said, hey, if you get a really good defensive coach in here who goes out and gets me a... Uh, you know, if you brought in Jim Caldwell as an offensive coordinator, I'd be okay with that. But I, but I, I'd, I'd like to see them take a shot on a guy with this whose star is rising, and let's see how it works out. How long is and I don't want to use the term leash. How long of a of a string do we have for that new coach that comes in with the limited assets he has? You know, in, in negotiations with the Texans, and they're telling them the direction we want to go with this franchise is this, and this is what we have in the picture planned for you. But then he's looking, saying. I have limited assets to work with, draft capital. I mean, my players, I got to make some moves. How many years are we going to give the guy that steps in before we say, well, that was a disaster as well? It's a a three-year. Well, now, everything's different because, like, if you bring a guy in and he turns into Adam Gase, you know. I mean, you don't need to wait three years. I mean, it's a bad situation, but that team is just dreadful. And, And by the way, Mike, I did. I said tunnel at the end of the light on purpose. It's not the vodka kicking in. I was making a joke. Okay. Um, the the thing is, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a three year process. But I, I'm also of the belief, and, and this is kind of funny that Aaron sent this today. That uh, Sarah Barshop has decided to write an article about how they can clear some cap space. How long ago did I write that article? Two months ago. How long have we been talking about that? I've gone through several times for our listeners and said, here's where you can. And you know who she left off? 
Bernardrick McKinney, $7 million. So, you know. Well, it's just like when the teacher tells you to turn in your homework and you had to copy it. You don't copy every single answer. <laughs> you get a couple of them wrong, so then you hand it in, you're like, and your friend got the 98 and you got the 84, and you go, oh, that's fine. I don't care. So, yeah, she says David Johnson. Well, yeah, I, that's number one on the list. He should be dead. Uh, she has J.J. Watt second. I, I'm I'm trading J.J. Watt and getting that off the roster. Brandon Cooks. How long have I been talking about that? You you could keep Brandon Cooks for twelve million a year, which is not horrible, but not if you're keeping Will Fuller. And then she mentions Will Fuller, who isn't under contract for next year, so that's kind of dumb. Mentions Bradley Roby, which I, you know, now that he's been suspended, you can cut him with almost no, uh, nothing punitive. But dude. That's your worst position. You need more of those. Duke Johnson, also mentioned by me. Nick Martin, also mentioned by me. Zach Fulton. Now, I don't think you cut Zach Fulton and Nick Martin. You need somebody to play center. I think it's funny how they... uh, But why no Bernardrick McKinney on there? He has to be on there. And and one thing I find funny is, you know, how they restructured Fulton's contract in May so they could have all the five returning starters on the line. Usually that's a good thing when you say... Man, you know we have a good group in place. Let's let's go forward. But when have we ever looked at this Texans line and just be like and been like, man, we want that group back. They were fantastic, and that was the whole point of restructuring things, just to have those five guys back. You went from having trash to a to a bag of trash up there. Yeah, I I mean the interior of that line is just, and I think a lot of it, frankly, is coaching. And I, I've been saying this all along that nobody has gotten better since they've been. Since they've come into this organization, name me one offensive lineman who's better than when he came in. Maybe Tunsil is. I think Tunsil's just getting more attention because he's playing for the Texans as opposed to when he was playing the Dolphins. They were terrible. But Nick Martin's not better. Zach Fulton was a better player before he got here. Sinio Kelamete was a better player. Saints fans can tell you that than what he is here. Who's that on? But would Tunsil be doing better if he were in Miami right now under Brian Flores' regime? Uh, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Roby might might impress with the juice. Uh, <laughs> see, that one's a tough one for me because I don't think he's overpaid when he's on the field. He's pretty good. I, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. But he was also juicing, and you know, and you have nobody else. That that second. But I've, I've gone through it before. Some of the free agents that are out there, you can turn this into a eight or nine win team with free agents in one year and then build through the draft the next couple of years, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender, but I think a good general manager can do that. It's just on them to get the right general manager. We're going to talk about, you know what, we're going to talk about Jack Easterby when we come back because we haven't dealt with that story. And then at 5.30, we're going to go through the NFL lines. Does that sound cool to everybody? And um, 713 says, not to steal your thunder, Fred, but a lot of those are obvious, but your article was better. I don't know that all of them are obvious. I think Bernardrick McKinney's obvious. I think that's an omission on her part. I don't know what she's thinking. But you know, but not a lot of people are going to go out and say, hey, cut Nick Martin. I said Nick Martin. And I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just having fun with the fact that we've been talking about this for a month. I wrote this a month ago. And actually, longer ago than that. Basically, whenever I, I think decided- it was two. Yeah, it might have been because two months. Because we all saw the writing on the wall two months ago that this season's over. It doesn't really matter. Even if they were to somehow get one of the <laughs> nine playoff spots, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just let's start looking at cell mode. All right. We are going to uh, take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Jesus Easterby's 
Impa- you know what? I'm actually going to defend Jesus. Uh oh. Yeah. That, how's that for a radio tease? Quick break. It's a blitz at ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Hey guys, AJ Hoffman. It's fall and we could all use a little awesome. Well, our friends at Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Who wouldn't want awesome stuff sent to them every month, right? It's like Christmas on your doorstep. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them to pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BLITZ at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code BLITZ for 20% off your first box. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Here we go. Now this part of it's good. I love me first in the gimme gimmies. Everybody makes fun of me for that. But they're, they're a punk band that covers every type of music. Um, and I, I think that, uh, I believe I can fly might be my favorite of theirs. Can you pull that real quick? I I don't want to do a Josh Ennis here and just do music for a whole segment. I mean, I love Josh, but, uh, they, these guys are just like that smooth up by what's her face. Um, they do that. They do uh, a cover of Jolene. Jolene cover is the best. Yeah. But this this is my favorite song of theirs. So just just play a couple minutes of it. They are a punk band out of San Francisco, and they almost never tour. And they're one that when they tour again, even if it's Germany, I'm going to go fly and see them. This is the one band I've never seen that I want to see. So I love this when it kicks in. They do a lot of this where it's nice and soft, and then yeah. Drinks up, Blitzers. Hell yeah. Salute, guys. Much love. Uh, just play it till it kicks in, because that's the cool part. I did this at karaoke one night. God, I love this. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there is something going on with Sports Illustrated and Jesus Easterby, right? Uh, 
the latest story came out um, that he is trying desperately to get two guys from the Bills hired, that he's really pushing for this because those guys will keep him around. One's the assistant GM and one is, one, one is Brian Dayball, who I, I don't think is a bad candidate at all. Let, let's Let's start with that. Uh, you look at what he's done with Josh Allen. That's my favorite, to be honest with really? you. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask for your five favorite candidates here in a second. But so SI went after this guy. And now the story comes out that he's his agent is uh, those guys agent is Easterby's agent. And he's working hard to get this done. Well, first off, if any of us were in a position where we were under a little bit of fire in our job and we had some say over people who could get hired. Wouldn't you want to bring in people that, wouldn't you suggest, I mean, not that he's making the decision, but wouldn't you suggest that you bring in guys you could work with that would want to keep you around? Kind of know I would. I mean, let's say AJ left and now I'm on thin ice because everybody thinks I'm a snake and everybody thinks that I'm working things behind the scenes to, to ruin the company just like they do with Jesus Easterby. Well, aren't I going to want, don't I want to work with Jerry Bow or, you know, somebody that I like and trust? I mean, I think it'd be a good show, but isn't that what I'm going to suggest as opposed to, oh no, Fred, you need to work with Charlie Palillo. Okay. I mean, I'll do it, but I mean, isn't that what you're going to suggest? I think that Bill O'Brien is out there leaking stuff about Easterby to make him look bad. And you know what? Easterby, Easterby snaked him. You know, O'Brien got out conned. There's that great line at the end of Digstown you know, where they, they say, you know, he says, never hustle a hustler. And then at the end, James Wood says, no, it's never, never con a con man, especially when he's better than you. Well, that's what happened to Bill O'Brien. He got a better con man got him. And so I, I am almost certain he's the one out here leaking this stuff. I don't know if any of it's true or not. I don't really care. I think the guy should be fired anyway. You need to clean house. You need to get rid of everything. That had, I mean, I would have been okay with keeping Romeo around as a, a consultant or, you know, like a senior assistant or whatever he was before. But after what he's done, his ass needs to go too. You clean out everybody. Easter but, a snake. Oh, he is a snake. And listen, I don't try. Listen, you and I have been in the gambling business a long time. We've seen con men everywhere and women. And, you know, there's a reason this guy hides in the shadows. Because if he comes out front, guess what? We're going to spot the sucker at the table. Just look like, just look at the way that the Casario situation went down. You know, he tried to even go over there and snake them. And then before you knew it, Gain was gone after a double-digit win season. Yeah. You know, that's how much of a snake he is. He's, it's trouble. Now, whenever it works out and you built something up that, that has success, you say, well, that's cool. He he's up to something, but when you have something that doesn't have success, and he's snaking people, and it's setting back the franchise, all his moves, you got to ask yourself, what are we doing here? Someone up top. I always tell Josh this on money line. I say it's cool that okay, you make a wrong decision sometimes, and you hire the wrong manager outside of sports, and he's running your company. You know, he's he's managing your company, but at one point or another, it's on you, the owner, right? The people that are in charge of that manager to say. You can't keep setting back my company. There's been too many complaints. Uh, when, you know, my other employees aren't becoming better. You've got to go. Well, that's the point I think we're at right now. 
Yeah, I listen. Anyone who had anything to do with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, except the owner, because you can't fire him. You Burn. Know yeah. Uh, listen. Did you ever see Bronx Tale? <laughs> Put him in the bathroom. They all need to go in the bathroom and lock the door. You're not letting them out. Uh, I'm getting rid of all of them. And they interviewed one of their assistant GMs apparently today for the GM job. Well, listen, if you weren't the guy saying, dude, this is a terrible idea, what the hell are you interviewing for? And Cal, I, I, we, I talked about this a little bit with Jerome yesterday. I don't know Cal McNair. And I'd like to sit down with Cal McNair, even if it's off the record. And this goes out to you, Texans, even if it's off the record. I'd just like to sit down for 30 minutes. I knew his dad. Uh, I, I knew his dad very well, considered him a friend, had a lot of respect for him, and I knew what his vision was. And it didn't, his whole thing was he wanted to hire the right people and give them the tools they need and then give them the time and, let, and get out of their way. Well, he didn't hire the right people. And we all make those mistakes. I've made those mistakes as a manager. And, you know, it's hard to recognize that you've made that mistake because let, let's say Aaron was a mistake. He's not. I want to make that clear. I'm using this as an example. But let's say he was a mistake. It's going to be hard for me to admit that it was a mistake for AJ and I to bring him in because, A, we like Aaron, and B, that means we were wrong. And things aren't so bad that we need to get rid of him, but they're not quite going the way we think. That's a, that's a hard thing to do. And anybody who's ever been in that position, and I've been in it many times, and, and Aaron's great, so I, I just want to clarify that. I'm just using a hypothetical here. But I've hired people and realized pretty early on that it was a mistake because a, a lot of times, just like with coaches, you don't know until they get the job. And I've promoted people not knowing until they got the job that, okay, this is too big for them because they can talk a good game and they can tell you. And, and, you know, and, and people sell themselves for a job. We all do. Everybody out there who's had to go in and do a job interview and sell yourself on the job. Well, you're not going to tell anybody, you know, might be a little overwhelming trying to manage 52 people. I don't think I can do it. It's like, no, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plans. And they'll all lay out a plan for you, and it all makes sense. And then it's just like poker, man. You see the hand, you make the best decision based on the information you have. And a lot of times you're going to make the wrong one. And, and I think in, in Bob's case, he trusted Charlie Casserly too much. That, that was a mistake. And he didn't want to get rid of him because, you know, if you listen to Charlie and – that was one thing in my old job. I used to talk to Charlie Cashley once a week. I mean, he would call me and bitch about coverage and stuff like that. Charlie talks a great game. It's just his actual decision-making. It's like, eh. but he he'll, he can explain away everything. And you're like, so it's hard to get rid of those guys. But I don't know Cal. I, I don't know how. Um, I, I met Cal one time, and I was telling the story yesterday, but it, and it wasn't under great circumstances. So I, I just don't know the guy. I'd like to just kind of find out what the hell's in his head. You know him, Bob, though, let me ask you in this form. You know him, Bob, would this situation have gotten gotten as far as it did with O'Brien and the, the Hopkins trade and everything that ensued, would, ha, would, would it have gotten that far south before they, they, they pulled the plug, let's say? I, I, will, I will say this. Now, let's forget the last year and a half where the cancer was clearly affecting him. But if Bob McNair were at his best and making those decisions, Bill O'Brien would never have been GM. He would never have given him that power. And he would have never allowed the Hopkins trade. And and because he was the kind of guy that would go, 
And if there's a personality conflict between guys, um, now he did allow the Dwayne Brown trade, but again, I think I, I think his mind wasn't where it was getting to that point. But at his best, he would have gone and sat down and said, "You kids, work it out. You're too important. You're too important." And that's simple. All right, quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. And uh, Aaron, you need to play... uh the uh, Adam Sandler Hanukkah song too. We gotta, we gotta be inclusive here. I mean, we missed Hanukkah. That's my bad. I know, but that's all right. You know, it's 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 the season, right? It is. So, yeah i I should know. All, there's a time where I had to know all those dates. You know, spoiler alert. I was I was married into a Jewish family for 15 years. My kids are Jewish, so I I I think of my Jewish friends at this time of year, and. uh Always Sandler. CK asking, where can you get it? Talking about that Highway Hemp Vodka. They have it at the main specs, and they have it at the specs on Richmond that I go to sometimes before the show. They don't have the big bottles. They got the smaller ones, but and it's kind of hidden. You kind of got to dig for it, but they've got it there. I'm pretty sure it's in – It's Total Wine has it everywhere. And we had uh, – when we had those guys on, man, just cool dudes – and they make a great vodka. So if you get a chance, support them. You're supporting a, a local Houston business and, uh, and and good people, and it's it's well worth your time. And I, I told this story about how, how we came across this. My buddy Tang, we had uh, on Saturdays, we get together to watch UH games over, over my neighbor's house, about eight of us, you know, being smart about everything, but just the same group that we always go to steak night with and stuff. And uh, we always all bring different alcohol. So, like, I brought some uh, Blanton's whiskey and some – Whitmire's and stuff like that. And Tang brought this hemp vodka. And we're like, okay, we're going to try this. And it was a bottle this size. And between the four of us that were there before everybody else got there, that bottle was gone in an hour. That's how good it was. And I'm like, oh, we got to find out. And then he told me, hey, these guys are from Houston. I'm like, okay, well. And he sent me an article the Chronicle wrote. So we had him on the show. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I, I love the stuff. And that's basically – People who get me Christmas and birthday gifts, if you get me that, I'll love you forever. That's what the, the wife asked me. What do I want for my birthday? A bottle of the highway hemp. It's a different buzz, too, right? It's, it, it's, it's, it's a very, it makes you feel very serene, man, because the hemp definitely, hemp affects everybody differently, but for me, it just makes me nice and relaxed. I know I don't sound relaxed. I know I sound animated because I'm doing a radio show, but it makes me nice and relaxed, and uh, it, it's, it, it's very cool. And just to throw this out there, for those of you who partake, I know you don't, but if you mix it with a nice sativa, I mean, not mix it, but, you know, pair it with a nice sativa. Dude, that is the coolest tie ever, just so you know. Unless you're, you know, unless you do harder stuff than that. I mean, I've been part of the show for almost two years now, and I had a high tolerance before that. Two glasses of that when the guys were in studio, and my lips were all tingly. 
<laughs> I mean, it affects everybody differently, but I was like, is that wow, a, this is, is different than... Is that a tell for you? No, that's that was something new. Hmm. That was something where I was like, that's not what alcohol does to me. This is a little bit different. Yeah, what I like to do is is when I get home from work on nights where I'm not working the next day, uh, and this is purely hypothetical police officers, I'll, uh, I'll pour some of the hemp vodka, I'll have a couple glasses of that, and I'll smoke a little sativa. And you want to talk about just being in a great state of mind and like being one with the universe and just loving everything and everyone, that'll do it for you. I got a feeling someone on Twitch is feeling that right now. <laughs> saying, that's me right now. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there's, there's no evil in the world when you're like that. There's nothing that uh, nothing that's going to upset you. It's just, hey man, this is this is just a cool state of being, and and that you know you can't be that way all the time. I wish we were. I, I wish the world would come together, and I really hope that over the next few months, man, we're going to get away from all this crap that we've been talking about and just have fun and not be divisive anymore, and it's all going to be great. But yeah, that's that's the feeling I get when I do that. And then you know what I have the next morning? No hangover. All right, let's look at some of these NFL lines, if you don't mind. Okay, Christmas Day at 4.30. Minnesota. Oh, geez. Plus six and a half against your Saints. Your thoughts? From a Vegas perspective, 72% of the tickets are on the Saints, but 94% of the money is on the Vikings. That goes to tell you that, okay, public's on one spot. But the bigger money, the bigger bets, the ones that they call sharps are all hammering Vikings. Whenever I look at what do these teams know about each other or when was the last time that I could get a sample size versus each other, you go back to that um, playoff matchup. Yeah, last year. Where the Saints were favored by a touchdown in there, and they ended up losing 26-20. to 20. So what do I take from that? That maybe Zimmer has something towards stopping Breeze. Was Breeze maybe better then or maybe more healthy? Perhaps. Has he improved this year? No, he's still the same guy that's dinking and dunking down the field. I believe in this game the seven points are pivotal because I also like the under. I think it's too high of a total. I like the under and the points. 51 is your total. Here's here's this. This is one of those that AJ always talks about, your buy low, uh, buy low sell high. I think the Saints look really good against the Chiefs last week. To go down to the wire against that team, the Vikings lose to the Bears and pretty much out of the playoffs. I think that's why the number six and a half. My power rankings have it four and a half. Saints are the better team, but six and a half? I'm getting two points there off of what I get. I'll take the Vikings here as well at plus six and a half, and I like your underplay. Tampa minus nine and a half at Detroit. Key numbers after we hear the Lions coaching staff COVID problems and the lack thereof practices and, and team meetings. The line has moved past the key numbers. Now when you go that 9.5, 10, 10.5, and, and I think it closes past that when people people react late and they wait towards the end of this, to the week and they're going to realize, wow, they didn't have any coaches. I think it's gotten away from me, but this game plays out to the strengths of the Bucks. I think they could create pressure. I don't. I know the Lions don't have pressure that they generate. Right. Brady will sit back and pick them off. I think this is a blowout. All right. Uh, Dolphins minus three at the Las Vegas Raiders. Something interesting about the Dolphins, you'll never be that guy that's excited when he goes to the cashier and says, you know, give me the fins, give me those Dolphins. But check this out. For the year, the Dolphins 11-3 and against the spread. Mm-hmm. They're the best in the league. So if you just straight up just shut your eyes and bet Dolphins every week, you'd win 11 times and only lost three. Another thing, 
since they've been under Brian Flores, if you take away the four weeks that they started because they were bad. Yeah, they were the worst team in the league, but then they got better. 20 and 10 against the spread. 77, that's what he covers, 77% of the time. If someone tells you those numbers, you bend them blindly until the number catches up. It's just so hard because we overthink things, and it's not the pretty thing to do to go bet the Dolphins. You'd rather be betting the Chiefs. Bet the Dolphins when you can until the book catches up. Wait, 20 and 10. I'm not good at math, but isn't that 67%? 67, excuse okay. me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just just wanted to clarify there. Uh, but yeah, I've I've been playing the Dolphins all year. It's been one of the teams that I've... Uh, and the Raiders have been so inconsistent uh, that I, I don't know what they are, but I, I do know that last year they faded late under Gruden. I think they're fading a little bit late this year. And yeah, the Dolphins, you, you want to hold your nose when you bet them, but boy, that's a well-coached team, and that's a reason why they keep covering the spread. Give me the Dolphins minus three. Uh, I I was hoping for two and a half, and I, maybe you know the Raiders are still a popular enough team that maybe you get two and a half if you do jump all over it. But three's fine as well. How about the points? Do you think that they that the Dolphins can score enough to get this game over? No, I don't. I, I I'm staying away from the total because it's forty seven and a half, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know that they can score enough. I I, I could see this being twenty four to twenty, and you're still not getting there. Uh, Browns minus nine and a half at the Jets. I don't like giving up nine and a half points, but I got to tell you what, the Browns, they beat up on weaklings. The Jets just came off their season high. Their one win. There's got to be a letdown. I'm going to give up the nine and a half here with the Browns. That's exactly where my handicap starts and it ends right there. One, that the Browns are bullies. Go look at the schedule and look who they beat up on when they go up against good teams. They usually lose. This is a chance for them to bully. Another thing, that letdown, whenever a, a straight-up underdog wins that was double digits, as the Jets did, they're 33% against the spread the next week. They usually underperform. All right. Here's an interesting one to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this before I comment. Colts are now minus one-and-a-half-point favorites at Pittsburgh. The look-ahead line was Pittsburgh minus three-and-a-half. That's exactly what it is. What have we learned? What difference... Have we, or, or what makes the Steelers worse than they were last week? We already knew that they were not that undefeated team that their record told you. We already knew that they were struggling. So, how much, just because they struggled once again another week, now you're going to flip it? You're, once you cross one favorite and you cross the three and now you cross the zero and now you're giving the other team points, it better be justified. Or if not, it's an overreaction. I think this is an overreaction. I really do. This is in my time whenever everyone this week has been talking about how bad Big Ben is and how bad the Steelers look this is usually when they bounce back the next week and beat you yeah and let's not act like the Colts destroyed a bad Texans team last week I mean uh, basically if Kiki doesn't fumble they score there and go for two might win the damn game that's twice in three weeks that that's happened uh so it's not like the Colts are are world beaters right now uh I I like the Steelers here plus one and a half I'm with you on that and again sometimes you have to hold your nose on these bets because if you watch the Steelers against the Bengals, you're like, there's no way I can bet on this team. But that's why you're getting points now when a week ago you weren't. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's go to break here, and we will finish this off when we come back. And then we'll do Gym of the Day at 6.15 today instead of 5.45. Because we're just having fun. Man. Good vodka. All right. Quick break. Don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN 975-925. You're listening to the Blitz on ESPN.
ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back. Jerry Bow in the house. Two at one says the hemp vodka beanie hat is badass. Yeah, I love that. I wear that all the time, especially when it's cool. So who's doing that? Who's that cover? Bowling for Soup. Oh, okay. Not bad. Something A.J. would make fun of me for. but uh, you, you know what? A.J.'s not here. I mean, play whatever the hell you want. Just no damn Taylor Swift since he's not here. Fair enough. Okay. You, you can play whatever you want, any band you want, any band you think I might like, feel free to play. Well, I mean, there's a there's a theme to all my music today. I get it. You know what? I know people think I'm stupid, but I understand that it is. Christmas. Oh, no, not saying you're stupid. <laughs> no. I, I, but there's songs I would play normally that AJ would make fun of me for that, eh, maybe next time he's on vacation. Uh, you know, we could always have him killed while he's gone. Yeah, I wasn't going to go that far. I mean, you know, if, if you're that. Although unhappy. his Twitter post of this is why I don't go to Oregon with like three inches of snow on the ground. Oh, stop. Wah. Yeah, it was more than that when I lived in Nashville and it's freaking Nashville. Yeah, we're talking about in February after the Super Bowl, uh, taking a trip and we're going to go take the RV to Colorado for a few days so we can see some real snow. Yeah. And then come back to New Mexico and because the wife's never seen Carlsbad Caverns. And now my my hope is that we can turn that into a Colorado Vegas New Mexico trip. We were going to go see her family because uh her sisters own places in Arizona because they're typical snowbirds and then they rent them all out, but they go down there for two months. But apparently with the COVID, they're not Canada won't let them back in. So not without like a month of quarantine or some stuff. So they're not, they we were going to go visit them. And now it's going to be, you know, let's just take a week off and let's, let's do this. Let's do Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, New Mexico. Boom. And take Eric a week. and I will write down some of the tiny towns that he suggested to me and that I found on my own that you can drive through Colorado and find really good beer that's just in a small hole in the wall brewery. Yeah. Really strong stuff. One, one trend that I just found about those states that you mentioned, they all have legalized marijuana. I'd probably be partaking. I, <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and I, I'll just I'll say this, and I always say this. If it's not something you do, don't start. But I make no bones about the fact that I do it. And, you know, I enjoy it. And I, I'm glad it's legal in a lot of places. I'll be happier when it's legal here. I'm thrilled that they decriminalized it in Houston, but I'm scared to death to accidentally take some to Beaumont. Uh, because I don't know what the laws are over there now, or Galveston County, or any place that, around us. But you know, if you're, I, I never encourage anyone to break the law, and I don't encourage people to do stuff that they're not comfortable with. So don't, don't go out and do weed just because you hear me say how great it is. Someone on Twitch asked earlier, which becomes legalized first, weed here in Texas or gambling? We talked about the gambling move earlier. Ooh, I, I think here's my prediction. I could see weed happening in the 2021 session. I don't think it will. I think 2023 is more likely. Uh, I think gambling is 23 or 25. So I'll go, I'll make weed minus 115, and I'll make sports betting plus 100. Nice. How's that? 
That's about how I see it. Yeah. And I and listen, I have a lot of friends in both businesses that are involved that are basically they're talking to all their lobbyists, they're doing all this stuff. And and I got to tell you, you can't tr- uh, sorry lobbyist friends, you can't trust them. Because I had the same lobbyist friends who were working for the racetrack tell me, "Oh, we're going to get casino gambling in 2011." <laughs> and it's, yeah, no you're not. But the difference is the reason we're not going to get casino gambling is because Louisiana, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas are all just dumping tons of money in and paying off these politicians to keep it from happening. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm not, not with the politicians getting paid. I'm okay with being a good neighbor, but they don't have sports betting yet. And only Oklahoma, I think, has weed. Louisiana's approved sports betting. They're yeah. just, their legislature needs to meet on what day they're going to actually allow it. But to me, because it's a clean slate, we should legalize those things and keep that money in state and use it to pay more money to our teachers and first responders. Boom, done. That's what I would do if I were governor. Well, Tennessee and Colorado have already proved you don't need casinos to do it. All you need is the mobile app. And the mobile app goes through your actual like IP address and it registers to the state. That's how the state gets their taxes. But you know what you know would be cool? Like, have you ever been down to the first floor of Sam Houston where they have that room in the corner with all the TVs that yeah. looks like a, a sports book? Wouldn't that be cool if that were a sports book? The simulcast? Oh, yeah, I the simulcast that. area, yeah. Uh, and and I think those things should happen in our state. And, and I hope it happens before the state flips colors because I, I, I just think it makes too much sense. And and I think it will. I, I think those things will happen. That's my time frame. I think in a perfect world, we get weed in 2021, sports betting in 2023. More likely, 23 and 25. That's just my guess. In the spirit of what are the odds Wednesday, what are the odds that if Texas legalized gambling, that a little place like Lake Charles that has so many people that come from Texas, not so much once you get into Louisiana because they'll still have their people, but I know a lot of money from Texas goes to those little casinos right on the border or, or right in Lake Charles. Right. Do they make it, or do you think they regress a lot? Because, I mean, imagine if that money stays in Texas. When I go there, I see more people from Texas. Oh, no, I, and I, I do this every time I go to Cushada. I do my uh, license plate count. Same here. Yeah, and there was one time it was 96-4 to 4 when I went over there for uh, – uh, one of the seven clans tournaments. I counted a hundred plates, ninety six Texas for Louisiana, and and but no, you know what though? Those states are not as rich as us, and so I get why they want to protect that. So fine, you keep you let the little old ladies go over there and pull the slot machines and smoke their cigarettes while they've got the oxygen mask on in their scooter. You can have them, and that's what they want. By the way. Because I've tried to get these casinos to advertise with us. It's like, hey, we got gamblers. We'll bring them over there. We'll load up a bus. No, we want little old ladies who come and pull handles. We huh? want the penny slots. And that's fine. You can have them. But give us sports bettors and give us... And, and it's time to legalize poker and quit making them hide behind these, you know, these, these loopholes, which are fine. I'm glad that we have it. But all I care about, and as far as I'm concerned, I know a lot of you guys like casino games, and that's cool. But I... Sports betting, poker, horse racing. That's me. That's what I care about, me against other people. And so from a selfish perspective, you give me those things. I already got poker and horse racing. Give me sports betting. I'm good. I don't, I don't need your slot machines. 
I don't need blackjack. I don't need any of that. If I really want to do that, I'll wait till we go to Vegas. All right, we got more games to get to, uh, and I know we're up against it, but let's get in a couple more. Okay, Bears minus seven and a half at Jaguars. Either way, you bet this is to hold into your nose special. It is. There's two teams that you don't want any part of, but. Uh, using that theory, though, if you're going to give me a, a seven and a half points in the game that I got two teams that I don't want no part of, I'll end up taking that. And so does that agree as far as the bets, the tickets, 68%. But all the money, 91, the bigger bets, the bigger money is on the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, I think if, you, if you're doing a pool or something and you have to play this game, I think you have to be on the Jags. <laughs> I, I'm not playing it, but outside of seven, to me, that's the play. Here's another one. And what do I say every week, Aaron? Don't let me bet the Falcons. Falcon plus 10 against the Chiefs. I, Don't do it. I'm not going to bet it, but I got to tell you, I used it in my MyBookie contest. You ask yourself, what's the motivation left in that locker room? Are they playing for their coach, for, to, for him to stay? Are they playing for Raheem Morris? Are they, are they 10 and a half points worse than the Chiefs now, or is it because the Chiefs can – can, can clinch home field and the books added a premium. I think that any time that you think, man, that team has to win, they're going to win. They're going to win just because they have to. Always know that the books know that. The books are already adding those premiums. When we're coming, they already had their, their spot set, and they're saying, come and get it. We know what you know. So if you think that the Chiefs are ultimately going to come out and punch them in the head because they want to get that home field advantage, bet it. But one thing that I know is, from week 14 and on, late in the season, teams that are double-digit underdogs usually cover 60% of the time. It's 59 points, three or four. So pretty much 60% of the time if you're getting double digits late in the season. Yeah, and, and the Chiefs can clinch, but they also have not been blowing people away of late. When was the last time the Chiefs covered? That's the thing. They've always leave the back door open late. Yeah, and uh, so I, I could see that. So I'm not going to do it because I can't. It's against my religion, and Aaron won't let me, but... If you're, again, if you're in a pool, Falcons plus 10, and I did use them in the super contest on uh, my bookie. How are you doing in there? I'm in 200th place, top 15, get paid. I need to go 5-0, and 5-0. and I'm not that far out of it, but I need to go 10-0 and over the last two weeks. I haven't told nobody, not even on Moneyline, but I'm in the, uh, I'm in the eliminator pool, and I got, one, I got those two weeks left. And I, I, uh, I mean, I don't even know who I'm going with this week. Nice. Well, maybe pick it for me here on, mm. on, on the Blitz. No, no, if you're that far <laughs> along, you don't, want, you don't want me putting any kind of stamp on that. But, um, but yeah, this, uh, this league we do with uh, Eric Warner from, Con, uh, from Carbach, we pick five games a week, and if you go 5-0, and oh, you get the whole pot. I've been four and one three times, but there's also an end of pool, end of year pool for whoever's in first, and I'm tied for first right now. Nice. So I'll I'll bounce my picks off you uh, on the break. All right, we'll be right back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. To the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. 